and this is episode one of season two of the Cape Languages podcast. Uh, if you haven't heard my trailer, do you like my little jingle that I've got? Um, which I downloaded from Pixabay and I've put the, um, the credit for that in the show notes. Um, yeah, as I said on the trailer, I'm trying to sound a bit more professional. <laughs> I don't know if I'm succeeding, but hopefully a little bit. Uh, so yeah, so this is a mini season of five episodes about lesson planning. So I'm calling it Lesson Planning 101, which I think is what they do in American colleges for like beginners things anyway. It's lesson planning for beginners, uh, starting with how to start a lesson. Um, And then we're going to be moving on in the next episodes, talking about introducing vocabulary, listening and reading. Then we're going to talk about speaking and writing. And then the fifth episode will be about how to finish a lesson effectively. But it seems like the best place to start is at the beginning of a lesson. So I'm just going to talk about the fundamentals of how to start a lesson really effectively. So every school has their own policy of how students come into a room. So I can't tell you how to do that because uh, sometimes the kids are just wandering as and when they feel like it. Sometimes they have to line up in the corridor and you let them in. Uh, Sometimes you'll be in your own room and sometimes you will be the one who's moving into a different room and the students might already be there. So the most important thing is with the first activity that you do in a lesson is that it's really quick and easy to set up. It's really straightforward and it doesn't take up too much time or effort or, you know, so even if you're in your own classroom all day long and you have a very orderly, like the kids have to wait outside and then you let them in and da 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 da, there will still be things that students will ask you questions or that there will be things that will disrupt the beginning of a lesson. So to make sure that every single student comes in and has something to do right at the beginning of the lesson is absolutely vital. They, they have different names, the, the first activity of, of the class. Uh, some people simply call them starters, that's what they were called when I did my training. I think lots of people call them like do now activities. A lot of um, schools and you know training providers and things like that now will talk about retrieval practice. I mean I'm hoping to have uh, Kate Jones, who is the queen of retrieval practice, on the next season of the podcast. Um, I've been in touch with her and hope we're trying to get a date together to be able to talk about that. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to geek out about that in much more detail at that point. And I'm sure if you are training to be a teacher or if you're just learning or if you're a more experienced teacher who's just listening to this as like a bit of a refresher on uh, how to plan a lesson, Um, you will hear all about retrieval practice or you will have already heard a lot about retrieval practice. So so the fundamentals are that you need to to have something to get cracking with right at the start of a lesson that is, like I say, it's fairly straightforward. So you don't need to get the class's full attention um, right at the beginning to say, right, you need to do this, this, and this, and this, and like some long-winded explanation. It needs to be a really simple, straightforward activity that is either already waiting for them on their desks or is already up on the whiteboard um, or something like that. And ideally, you get into the routine of doing this every single lesson so they know that they just come in, they settle themselves down, and they've got something to get on with straight away. If you're in your own room, it's really easy to get something, if you've got like a PowerPoint or something like that, it's really easy to get something up on the board um, that they have to come in and do. 
I remember in my last school, I had one lesson like in maths. Um, so for ev every time I, I taught the lesson down there, I would always have a paper-based starter activity for the students to do because that meant that I could then go in, I could plug my laptop in, get make sure the projector was on, all that kind of stuff. Um, answer questions, wait for stragglers who'd forgotten who'd headed up to German and be like, oh no, we're a maths today. Da, 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 da. Um, so yeah, so that's really, really, really important, I think. So the point of a starter activity is to get the students in, settle down, but also there needs to be an element of learning involved. So either you're looking at something which is retrieval practice, which in a nutshell is repetition of previous learning. So it could be what they did the previous lesson. It could be something they've done a few weeks ago. It could be a grid with various different questions where you allocate different points to if it the more recent like questions and stuff have fewer points leading up to it's like one point and then if it was a month ago or even it depends how long you've been teaching the students uh, then then it goes up to to four points i do actually have an mfl version of this again this is from kate jones who wrote the book retrieval practice um, i will put a link to her book and a link to my blog post on the MFL version of this grid um, in the show notes. So you'll be able to have a look at them. So yeah, so we're either looking at stuff that you've done previously, it could be um, a little quiz, it could be a vocab activity, it could be a translation activity using key vocabulary or key grammar point from a previous lesson. Or you can use your first activity of the lesson to set the students up for that lesson. Uh, this is particularly useful if you're right at the beginning. Um, if you are training, for example, and you're going to do your first lesson and, and you haven't actually taught them anything yet or whatever, or, you know, right at the beginning of the year or at the beginning of a new topic, you can then create a starter activity to set them up for that lesson. So it could be a vocabulary matching exercise. It could be a can you figure out what these 10 keywords are that we're going to be using in this lesson. This probably works better for students who are a bit more um, experienced with their language learning because they might be able to work out the stems of words or work out um, from the topic or previous, you know, they, they might have come across these words in the past. But these are the 10 key ones that you're going to be using. One of my favourite ever starter activities has always been to do a crossword with the key vocabulary, either from a previous lesson or for that lesson. So again, in my previous school and in, in other schools I've worked in, we, we you, the students often have vocabulary lists. Quite a lot of schools these days use sentence builders, knowledge organisers, whatever you call it. It's a list of words and phrases that they are going to need in that topic. And you use your vocabulary list to create a crossword so quite often the students will have access to those words it's not like they just have to guess it and work it out from the top of their heads so they can get out their vocab list they can do the crossword I personally find crosswords much more effective than word searches and a lot of kids really hate word searches and I it's almost I don't know <laughs> like they just some of them love them but then they do them really quickly some of them most of them really hate them but crosswords I find more engaging as a starter activity, I think it's, I don't know, you can do it either from English into the target language or the clues can be in the target language and they have to fill in the English. Depends what your purpose is, whether 
you're wanting them to focus on the spelling of the target language or whether um, it's more receptive and you just want them to know what these keywords mean in English. A crossword is obviously not something that you can put on the whiteboard. It has to be on a piece of paper for them to fill in. So this could be a problem if you have a very limited photocopying budget, but it's an ideal one. So like I say, this German class that I used to teach down in the maths department, most lessons I, so it was only one, we had like three lessons a week and it was only one lesson that I had in that classroom. So that would be the one I'd be like, right, I'm gonna do a crossword. And it, it worked pretty well every time. Personally, I don't think you need to do too much differentiation for a starter activity. The only differentiation I would consider doing is an extension activity. Another one that I think is really simple and straightforward is translation, either from the target language into English or from English into the target language. So these are much easier to put on an interactive whiteboard. So I would do five sentences. I'm saying this, I, I've, I've done this literally this week with my uh, French GCSE online course for teachers. Our starter activity was five sentences in English to translate into French. And again, that's a really good one for getting everyone in, settled, and it's so obvious what it is because it, you've got your, screen, your, your slide that says translate these sentences into French. You can either get them to do them in their exercise books. If you've got mini whiteboards, it's a good thing they can do them on mini whiteboards. They can do it by themselves. They can do it you know, with the other people sitting around them. It depends how quiet you want the start of the lesson to be. So yeah, there, there is some flexibility in that. But I would say translations are a fantastic starter activity. So yeah, either from the target language into English, which, te which tends to be a little easier, or from English into the target language which I wouldn't do if they've never come across the vocabulary before. So that's more of a retrieval activity rather than introducing what we're going to be doing today kind of activity. As an extension for translations, I mean, what you can do is, well, you can, like as a differentiation kind of thing, you can start with a slightly easier sentence and they gradually get harder, which will mean that some of the students might not manage the last sentence because um, it's a lot harder. In fact, I would always start with an easier one and, and make it harder as you go along. Or you could get them to, you know, use the sentences and maybe change a couple of the words and create a couple of their own little sentences, get them to write a similar sentence in English using, again, the vocabulary list slash sentence builder slash knowledge organiser, whatever it is you use, for their partner to do or something like that. So there's always a way of making sure that the activity basically takes the amount of time that you need it to take. <laughs> and also that they're learning. Like, I know this is, that is the most important thing, but quite often starting the lesson, as I said at the beginning, um, just now, is all about making sure that everybody's in, everybody's settled, you as a teacher are ready and set up and prepared to teach the lesson. As this season of the podcast is geared more towards trainee teachers and beginning teachers, you, you need to establish yourself within the classroom. It probably does take a bit longer than it would for a teacher who's been in the same school for 10 years. This might not be something that you're very aware of necessarily when you first start out. But yeah, you, you need to be able to, to plan for... 
I'm not going to say a chaotic start because your start to the lesson needs to be orderly, but you might watch a teacher who's been doing it for 10 years and the children file in and they all sit down and they all get their books out and you're like, well, how does this happen? Um, and you're not going to be able to do that right from, right from the beginning. So what you need is an activity, as I said, that is straightforward, doesn't need much explanation, ensures that the students come in, get settled, get all their equipment out and that they can crack on with it while you are setting yourself up, answering questions um, and just generally kind of gathering yourself together for the beginning of the lesson. So they are my key tips on how to begin a lesson effectively. As I said in the trailer, if you have heard that, if you've listened to that, I am going to be offering online courses on Lesson Planning 101 for beginning teachers, training teachers, etc. And also for more experienced teachers who just want a bit of a bit of a refresher. I'm going to be offering online courses um, where I'm going to go into these things in more detail. So you might be listening to this and thinking oh the idea of crosswords or translation sounds quite good what are the other you know what else can I be doing so what I'm going to be doing in these online courses again it's going to be five so the same five topics that I'm covering in this season of the podcast and I will go through more ideas for starter activities all my favorite ones and I will do the activities with you so you can see it from the student's perspective and you can see exactly how they run uh, how you do them how you set them up etc and then as it is an online class you will be able to ask me questions and we'll be able to have more discussions None of these are going to be language specific. So if you're teaching French, German or Spanish, I'll be using examples from all three languages. If you're teaching a different language, it's, you know, you're more than welcome to come along. It's just that the examples will be in French, German and Spanish because that's what I speak. Um, But if you're teaching Italian or, you know, I don't know, Chinese or Russian or whatever you're teaching, then, then yeah, the examples, you know, even though they're in French, German and Spanish, you can always translate them into your own language. And then you'll get the resources as well with the templates for the types of starter activities that I often use uh, and things like that. So, yeah, hopefully that will be something that will be really useful for you as well. So just going to recap exactly what I said. A starter, so the, the beginning of the lesson You need to have an activity ready to go, either on a piece of paper or on an interactive whiteboard. So as the students come into the classroom, they know exactly what they're doing. It needs to be very clear, very simple, very straightforward. The task doesn't have to be easy, but it has to be simple and straightforward, as in it doesn't require you to get everybody sitting in absolute silence for you to give a long explanation. That's what I mean by that. The type of starter activity can either be retrieval practice from previous learning, so you are revising, going over previous learning, or it can be key vocabulary and key phrases that you are going to be using in that lesson to set them up for the learning for that lesson. Okay, so there you go. A quick recap as well, and hopefully that will get you going uh, on how to start an MFL lesson effectively. As always, if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll be able to get these episodes as soon as they are released. 
straight onto your device. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. These are also now available on Amazon and Spotify. Like and review the podcast, which helps more people to know that they're out there. And hopefully that will help more people uh, on their MFL teaching journey. Uh, Sorry, I hate that one. And you can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I am at Kate Languages on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Or you can get in touch with me via my website, katelanguages.co.uk. Okay, until next time when I'll be talking to you about how to introduce vocabulary. Tschüss, auf Wiedersehen, adios, au revoir, bye.